Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Title insurance earnings, a dried-up refi market, and more. We're going to cover these stories and some more on today's Housing Wire Daily episode. I'm Chris Clow, an editor with HW Media, sitting in for Sarah Wheeler, and my guest is real estate reporter Brooklyn Hahn to give us an overview of the week's news on her beat. Brooklyn, thanks for joining me today on Housing Wire Daily. It's good to have you on. Thanks for having me. Much appreciated. So, First of all, you've been covering the moves that the title insurance industry has had to make over the past several months as the housing market evolves into whatever the next phase of its pandemic era adjustments are going to be looking like. Would you mind giving a brief overview of the highs that the business has experienced since 2020 and the situation the companies are going through now? Sure. So, you know, as mortgage rates dropped kind of early on and towards early 2021, um, the refi market really increased. I mean, obviously there were a lot of LOs hired at uh, lenders and things like that. And that volume all had to also go through the title insurance industry. Um, As you need a new title insurance policy, if you're doing a refinance transaction. So there was a ton of refi volume that all of the title insurers saw, you know, over the past two years or so. But as mortgage rates have continued to rise since the start of this year, um, and all the people who, you know, generally wanted to refinance did refinance already, they're seeing a pretty strong drop off in the number of refinance transactions they're seeing. Um, the purchase market is still pretty strong um, in title, not as strong as it was kind of earlier last year um, and last spring and summer when there were a lot of homes being purchased, um, but it's still pretty strong. And then the commercial market has definitely uh, seen a huge boost over the past several months as more businesses return to the office uh, and you know expand their offices that they may have shut down or closed early on in the pandemic. Sure. Um, when a lot of these changes first started to be uh, to become apparent in the marketplace, did the title insurance companies see that there was a new status quo coming and adjust accordingly, or did things happen rather abruptly? You know, things did happen a bit abruptly, but there was definitely talk that this change was coming. The writing was on the wall. Um, you know, back on fourth quarter and year end earnings calls earlier this year, there was a lot of talk about, you know, refinance volume, what was going to happen. Um, analysts and investors were definitely concerned about things going on with the market. So they knew it was coming. Also, a lot of title insurers will use like freelance closing agents and things like that. So instead of, you know, drastically expanding their workforce, like a lot of lenders did and hiring all these LOs that they're now having to lay off um, because they were using freelancers, unfortunately for the freelancers, you know, their workload has decreased uh, quite a bit, but, you know, things have, it prevents the title insurers from having to, you know, let go of all these people. Um, In addition, a lot of the refinance volume went through, uh, you know, digital title searches and things like that. So the process was automated quite a bit 
Um, and there were a lot, there was a lot of technological developments going on kind of over the course of the pandemic in title to take the you know pressure off the title agents and uh, closing agents that the title companies already had um, because refinance transactions are pretty easy to process through title. And so that kind of also prevented all these layoffs and some of the things that you're seeing in the mortgage space. I'm curious if you could say a little bit more about sort of the technological evolution that it's had to go through, because certainly in the industry that I cover, which is the reverse mortgage industry, there has been some evolution in terms of the technology that's incorporated, but they're a little bit limited in what they can do. How much of a uh, of a saving grace has the greater reliance on technology been during this time? I think for a lot of the companies, it's been a huge help. I mean, there was a lot of pressure early on in the pandemic um, with all the refinance transactions, and there was this kind of buildup of orders. And then also the housing market took off. And so it was a lot for the closing and title agents to take on. And so, you know, being able to automate a lot of the title searches and things like that really helped um, title searchers and title agents kind of deal with that volume a little bit and take the weight off of them a bit. Um, you know, not every county uh, has digital records and things like that. So some of these searches still have to be done by hand and manually. Um, but, you know, a lot of things can be looked through through digital records and found that way. And so that was a huge help. And I know that took a lot of pressure off of um, title agents. And then also, you know, with more digital closings and the use of RON um, and e-signature platforms and things like that, you know, we're having remote closings or digital closings. Um, and that means that the title agents don't have to drive around or the closing agents don't have to drive around from closing to closing. They could, you know, stay in their living room and, you know, close several transactions on a Friday evening. And that's been a huge help as well. Yeah, I can imagine that sounds like it. Well, um, you also recently did a story about how the smallest of the big four title companies, uh, Steward Information Services Corporation, could give a bit of a glimpse into a strategy during this time. What can you tell us about that? Sure. So Stuart had their earnings call um, last week, and Stuart is still the smallest of the big four title insurers. Um, and they were really kind of positive about, you know, what was going on. And they were assertive that they had planned the, for this kind of turn in the market, and they knew it was going to happen eventually. Um, and so instead of investing and expanding in some of the really competitive markets, like, uh, you know, a Miami or something like that, Stewart invested in some of the smaller um, markets where there was less competition. So one of the examples they used was Colorado Springs. And, you know, a few years ago, Stewart was a very small operation in the Springs. Um, but now it's become one of the, you know, top title insurers in the area. And by expanding their reach in these some, some of these smaller markets, it's really helped them grow overall. So, um, it was a little bit of a counterintuitive strategy, I think, but I, it's definitely paying off you know, well for them. And so it'll be interesting to see how this strategy kind of pays off in the future. Um, you know, as people maybe have to return back to the office and back to some of the bigger markets and aren't, you know, don't have the availability of remote work and being able to work wherever they 
want um, as that potentially dries up some of the purchase volume and some of these kind of more out of the way markets. Um, but it'll it'll be interesting to see. Is there any indication about how Stewart's competitors might be taking a look at that counterintuitive approach? Or are they really just kind of trying to find their own way in making sure that they can keep everything going smoothly during this rather tumultuous period? Um, I mean, a lot of the other, the three other big four title insurers, um, you know, have a ton of market share. Um, and, you know, they're, they're pretty confident in where they are and what they're doing. Um, Stuart went on a huge acquisition spray uh, earlier this year and late last year. Um, you know, it was definitely a clear attempt to kind of improve market share and improve their standings because they had been losing market share um, over the past year or so. So they're definitely working to improve that. Um, but, you know, you're not seeing the same type of M&A happen with like Old Republic or First American. Um, you know, they are making some smaller acquisitions here and there, but they're pretty confident in where they are and what they're doing. They're still trying to kind of improve their volumes and get more business, but they're not looking to kind of move into different markets and use a strategy similar to Stewart's. Uh, Stewart also said that um, falling refi volume was likely the biggest factor that led to their drop, according to your reporting. Um, is that also being observed at the other big three title companies? And how is that really striking the entire uh, industry so far? All of the title companies are seeing a drop off in refi volume. It's definitely contributing to lower net incomes and things like that, just because it has been such a huge drop off. Um, I think one of the big four, it was 62% almost, which is a major drop in the number of orders seen. But at the same time, commercial volume is picking up. And so that's kind of helping the bottom line overall. But all of them remain pretty pessimistic about refi volume. I mean, Old Republic CEO Craig Smitty came out and basically said that refinance volume has dried up. And no one else was that kind of like cut and dry with their thoughts on it. Um, but that pretty much seems to be the overall consensus that refi volume is definitely on its way out. Sure. Yeah. And I think that that's pretty understandable. First American Financial, another member of the big four, they recently shared how they're doing in an earnings report and call. What uh, What can you tell us about what they said? First American, um, you know, had a strong quarter, but it was not an outstanding quarter. Um, you know, last year, with the huge refi volume and the huge purchase volume, these title companies had some of their best quarters ever. Um, and, you know, it was one after another. And so, you know, no one expected that to continue forever. Um, but I think it was a little bit of a, I wouldn't say disappointment, but there was less celebratory uh, atmosphere happening at the First American call than there was in previous quarters. You know, that being said, the firm still generated $2 billion in total revenue and uh, $98 million in net income. So, you know, net income was definitely down quite a bit from a year ago. Um, again, probably due to refinance volume, you know, that was pretty much what the uh, executives said. But 
it was still a strong quarter. They're definitely looking to kind of improve that as the year goes on, but not too shabby. Excellent. And uh, Old Republic also recently spoke about drying up refi volume. What's their perspective and how is that company faring in the new environment, would you say? Sure. So Old Republic, you know, one of the things that they said on the call was that refi was never their bread and butter. Um, they definitely were glad to see an increase in refi volume over the past you know, few years. It was definitely a huge boost to their bottom line. But, you know, they're pretty confident in their purchase volumes and, you know, in their commercial revenue. That's that's been huge for them as well. Um, The other thing with commercial uh, title transactions increasing is that the uh, revenue and cost per transaction is increasing because commercial transactions cost more. So that's definitely helping overall. So the commercial transactions might, there might not be as many of them as there are residential, but the fee per file is a lot higher. So they're still doing pretty well with that. I'm overall, you know, Old Republic on the call was confident that it's going to be able to weather the storm. It's, you know, a nearly a hundred year old company. And so they were pretty nonplussed by everything that's going on and we're ready to kind of take on whatever challenge comes next. Excellent. Great. Well, Brooklyn, thanks for that overview. In terms of what you're keeping an eye on right now, uh, what would you say readers of Housing Wire and Real Trends should keep an eye on in the days and weeks ahead when it comes to your coverage? Sure. So, um, you know, right now we're still kind of in the midst of earnings reporting season. Um, so covering some real estate brokerages as well as some title firms and their earnings uh, coming up, as well as uh, some iBuyers. Earlier today was the EXP Realty uh, earnings call. And then tomorrow I'm covering Redfin. Um, next week we have DOMA, which is kind of the new kid on the block to an extent in the title world. Um, and, you know, DOMA does a lot with technology and was really successful with all the refinance volumes last year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the firm kind of pivots and takes on you know, changes within the market, the drying up of the three, five volume, having to rely more on purchase and commercial title. Um, so it'll be interesting to, you know, see what their first quarter looks like. They have not yet turned a profit and have promised to do so this year. So that'll be interesting to see how that is all shaking out for them. And then the final of the big four title insurers, has their earnings call um, next week as well. So it'll be interesting to see how Fidelity has fared compared to the other members of the big four. Certainly, yeah. Well, as usual, when it comes to our newsroom, there's no shortage of things to keep up on and things to follow up on and, and of course, for our readers to, to take a look at. But, Berkeley, really appreciate you coming on the show uh, today and uh, we'll certainly be keeping an eye on everything that you've got going up on Housing Wire and Real Trends. Thanks again for, for being a part of this. Really appreciate it. Fantastic. Thank you. How have the 2022 housing market forecast changed? Or how is the industry navigating the shift to a purchase-driven market? HousingWire's premium content program, HW+, answers questions like these and offers a variety of member-exclusive benefits that are tailored to what you need to stay competitive and agile in today's fast-paced market. 
Go to housingwire.com forward slash membership to join today. With your HW Plus membership, you get access to longer form digital content, the Housing Wire magazine, member exclusive rates to in-person events like Housing Wire Annual, and more. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.